0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I'm thrilled they're supportive of this podcast. Stick around to the end of this Campfire Conversation to learn more about Scope, or press pause and head on over to them on the web at scopeusa.org. I've been lucky to call Ginger Claire a friend in camping for a very long time. And I'm thrilled that she accepted my invitation to talk around the campfire and speak to me about raising girls who are courageous and adventurous and and wonderful. Her insights and experience have been truly helpful for me over the years, and I'm happy she'll get to share these gifts with you too. If you're a parent or work with girls in any way, I'm certain these next 30 minutes will be full of insights and wisdom and ideas that are gonna be helpful for you to help bring the best out of your girls. I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation with Ginger Clare. Ginger Claire, welcome to the campfire. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. So I have a question. You're from one of my favorite places on earth, Vashon Island. How does you know a girl from Vashon get all the way out to Maine to run a summer camp for girls?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a long story, but a short one, too. I really <laughs> wanted to work at camp. Um, just growing up, I had some experience working with kind of a nature's classroom type setting when I was in high school. All our fifth graders go to camp for a week mm-hmm. um, in the Northwest. So, you know, I kind of had that experience and really wanted to try out being a camp counselor. So when I was in college, um, some camp directors, a couple different ones, came to the my school, University of Washington, doing recruiting for staff. And I ended up going to a camp in the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts. I thought I'll get to work at camp and this will be a fun adventure. And I really knew nothing about the world of East Coast camping. You know, it was a unique concept to me to go away to camp for eight weeks at a time. So I thought, cool, I'm going to go off and try this out and see what it's all about. And then I got hooked. Um, <laughs> just, you know, I just kept going back and doing camp and Making friends and love the kids and sort of changing the roles and um, and then it was also a matter of being in the right place at the right time. I think you know mm-hmm. I was really fortunate. I was working at I got started working as a full time assistant director at this other camp, Winchepalag came about. And my husband, Steve and I, we met at camp. So we were both camp people um, <laughs> and ready to take the jump and kind of looked at each other and said, are we doing this? You know, is, is camp truly going to be our life? And here we are. This will be our 12th summer now at Kippua.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is amazing. And so you've always really been working just, just with girls over these, what, 25 years in summer camp?
1: Yes. Yep. I've done some um, week-long camps. They used to volunteer at America's Camp mm-hmm. uh, camp for Kids Who Lost a Turn on 9-11. You know, yep. that was co-ed, but I was the yep. head counselor for the girls'
0: side. So mm-hmm. I primarily worked with the girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, most of my camp experience is in the all-girls realm. Got it. So uh, you've, you've been doing this 25 years now, which doesn't seem possible because I know I'm not that old, but we've been doing um, no camping way. about yeah. the same time. So <laughs> um, so what have you seen that's changed for girls you know over the last two three decades uh, in working with them
1: I honestly think the biggest thing that has changed I don't think it's girls themselves that have changed. I think it's society that's changed. Mm-hmm. I think especially in the past few years that you know over there's been much more of a push towards girls having the freedom to really be who they are and mm-hmm. not to be sort of stuck within these constraints of what a girl is supposed to look like and mm-hmm. really girl power and trying to give that empowerment and push female leadership. I think that is much more front and center mm-hmm. and something that girls are hearing about now at home, not necessarily only at camp, mm-hmm. but at the same time, camp is such a perfect place for us to actually put those things into action.
0: Got it. And, and how do you do that at, at Kippewa?
1: You know, our big focus at Kippewa is on really celebrating individuals and helping each girl and staff member as well be their best selves, whatever and whomever that may be. And I think that that means putting aside those constraints, whether they're personal inhibitions or there's things at home that they're told girls can't do this or, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not girls don't play sports or get dirty or whatever it is. People come from so many different backgrounds and family constructs Mm -hmm. so we just try to make it as best as possible a really safe place to put themselves out there to be silly that just to be who they're going to be we also have policies in place we um are we say no designer clothes, you know, I okay. say we're camp friendly clothing, things that can get dirty that you're not going to care that they get clay all over them when <laughs> you're in the pottery wheel. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. We don't allow flat irons and hair straighteners and blow dryers. And you know, it's just about like, come be yourself and know that everybody's going to love you for it. Mm. And, and I think that girls really embrace it and the staff embrace it, especially the college age staff, huh. you know, they, I think really grow and and see themselves in a new light so often at camp and then the kids look up to them and that helps the kids and everybody just kind of flourish in this girl's zone
0: (laughs) that it's (laughs) such a powerful thing so i mean what do you think it is about the camp community that allows not only you know the 8 9 10 to 16 year old but you know the 19 to 25 year old to flourish
1: You know, I I think a lot of it's about the tone and the values that we're putting forward and that we're saying are important and what we are, what we're allowing and what we're not allowing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. also, and what we're pushing, you know, and it starts from when we interview the staff and from when we talk to a prospective family, Mm -hmm. like everything we're putting out there is about come, be free, have fun and push yourselves and whether that's pushing yourself by climbing a climbing wall or push yourself to get up and dance and just be silly and not worry about what everybody else thinks of you and so i think that if camp is kind of its own little world you don't even necessarily know what's going on in the outside world when you're there Mm. and that allows us (laughs) to sort of create our own norms and our own sense of what's okay and what's accepted and what what we should all do and how we should all behave
0: Yeah, it's funny. I I keep talking with parents, you know, and I've got three boys, so I I have, you know, very little idea. I've I've been a camp director for a girls camp in the past, but, you know, that only gives you so much knowledge. You know, it seems like the technology um, allows for so much more comparison these days. Um, And it sounds like to me when girls get to to camp in an all-girl environment, all that just goes away.
1: Absolutely. It is such... I think a release for everybody to be technology free when they're at camp, there's no phones, there's no social media, the counselors are able in their time off to still, you know, go connect. Um, Mm -hmm. Although we actually encourage them to try not, Mm. Connecting, very mm-hmm. few of them take us up on that. Most of them still do. <laughs> but
0: Start to have the shakes. Least, yeah, they,
1: they they can't handle it. But if you step back. You know, they don't. They don't have it in front of them twenty four seven. And that's still really different than kind of constantly living everybody's Snapchat and Instagram feed. And mm-hmm. and yeah, the girls, especially the teenagers, campers, just tell us how. At first, of course, they fight it and they have to say, oh, I'm going to miss my phone. But the reality is once they don't have it in front of them, they are so grateful and they really enjoy the break.
0: Right. Yeah. It's one of those forced breaks, but in the most positive, wonderful way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So how does it, I mean, I imagine the girls just have an unbelievable time at camp and then they go back home and they are back home for, you know, 11, you know, 10, 11 months, depending on how long they stay at camp. How does the summer camp environment for for girls prepare them to go back into the world? That's a great question. Um, you know, it's really interesting because I have parents
1: reach out to me all the time after camp and say, okay, great, you did so much helping us transition to camp. Mm. Now what do I do helping my daughter <laughs> transition back home? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And, and more experienced parents know, they're like, I know, she just needs a few days in her room mm-hmm. and like kind of decompressing mm-hmm. and like adjusting back to this world. And so many of the kids view camp as their safe place. Mm -hmm. or the place where they can truly be themselves, where Mm -hmm. they have their real friends. You know, those are the kinds of things you hear out of camp kids. I'm sure that's the same for boys and girls Mm -hmm. amounts all the time. But I do think it carries over. I do think that they know that they can be themselves and that they can be appreciated from being themselves. And even if they kind of put back on the mask a little bit when they go home, I think it's less embedded i -hmm. think sometimes they almost put back on the the constraints and the mask that they have at school but they know it's temporary you know like they kind of know they do it in that environment but that isn't really who they are and i also think but they also go and try out for school teams and do stuff that they maybe never would have done if they hadn't had that experience They can't
0: got it so it kind of gives them a bit of a springboard when they get back to it
1: yes absolutely and and it also can change their friendships i mean i've had kids tell me that too like it, you know, it depends what they're coming from, but there's mm-hmm. kids who come back sometimes and think, man, my friends at school are all, you know, still focused on their Instagrams or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And mm-hmm. they kind of realize that there's more outside of, outside of their phones, Got it. <laughs> more to the world.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, there, there certainly is. So how do you think, you know, with your experience and, and having done this with Steve for so long, you know, how would you tell families back home to say, Oh, look, you know, our kids get to be this at camp. This is how they can be more like themselves, more joyful, more more who they are back in the real world.
1: I think that um, a big part of what we see at camp is that girls really love the independence. They love mm. the freedom. They love the, um, they build confidence because they do get to choose the things that they want to be doing. Mm-hmm. We're a choice-based activities so Mm -hmm. girls for the most part are choosing all their own their activities they want to participate in and they're learning a lot but they're really doing it based on their own free will Mm -hmm. you know based on what they want to be doing and they push themselves it isn't really all these external influences and Mm -hmm. so i think a a wonderful message for parents for teachers for everyone to hear is trust your kids like trust that they will push themselves let them do it they don't People don't necessarily, adults, kids, anybody, we don't thrive when people are trying to force us or push us or putting all these pressures on us, Mm -hmm. you know, to Mm -hmm. participate in things we don't want to do so that we can stack our college application for the future or, um, you know, excel in ways that aren't really our own natural selves. So it's hard. I have three kids. As a parent, you really have to let your kids be who they are, you know, and I think we get to see kids in that way. We get to see them in their best individual selves. And I think, so I think my message to parents is as much as you can embrace kids like that, I think people can be pretty amazed at what their kids can do.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. I, I feel the same way with, with my boys. It's like, all right, who are you going to be? And, and how are you going to be? And how can I help that? That's, I keep trying to tell yeah. myself, how can I help you be who you want to be um, within the boundaries of, you know, our family and, and what, of course. you know, our yeah. priorities are and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah. well, so speaking of families so you're a summer camp director for years and years and years, and all of a sudden you start having boys <laughs> yep so what is it like was it like raising boys at a girls' camp?
1: It was very interesting, you know I first started yeah when I first had my my first two children, both boys, and I said, "Wow! Well, now I get to enter this world. <laughs> you know, I know I know girls really well, um, mm-hmm. or think I do, mm-hmm. and now what's this world of boys all about?" And the interesting thing is, yes, there are differences. They are definitely more rough and tumble than I am used to. And, the, you know, I have to sometimes allow myself to say, okay, they, they just are, are going to wrestle and that's what mm-hmm. they need to do. And yep. that's okay. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, they're not that different. My, my oldest is really sensitive and he needs to talk. And you know, everybody said to me, Oh, boys don't talk quickly. This child will talk your ear off and has <laughs> the, the age of one, you know? So I think in a way it's probably been really good because, while I've looked for the differences and definitely noticed the differences, mm-hmm. I also noticed so many of the similarities. I mm-hmm. go oh, and kind of realize, okay, it's not that different,
0: yeah. really. Yep, yep. And how do you think? I mean, as as a mom of two boys and, and of course a little girl, but and the experiences that you've had, how do you think that will change you as a parent of of two boys? Like, how do you approach it differently than say, you know, someone like me who I've only got three boys. That's really all I know. How does you know your knowledge and experience of working with girls for so long, how will that affect how you raise your boys?
1: Well, I think that definitely when, when, as they approach the age of uh, having more interesting girls, <laughs> you know, in a different way, perhaps, um, you know, romantically or whatever, I think that- It's coming. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Sooner than I'm ready for, I'm sure. No, it I always think is. That, <laughs> you know, I will be very focused And both Steve and I will on how to treat girls and how to respect them Mm -hmm, I think is mm -hmm. you know a big piece of it and Mm -hmm. and already even with kids like if when they start figuring out that kind of gender identity and they're like oh but girls wear skirts and boys wear pants we all automatically start going into but why do they have to (laughs) you know I think it's really natural for us to kind of go down that road and try to break down the gender stereotypes a little bit because we get to see girls flourishing so much outside Mm -hmm. of the stereotype. And we know what they're capable of when you don't box them in. So I would never want my boys to sort of box them in just because they're a girl. Yeah,
0: yep, absolutely. So you talk about seeing these kids out and just going and having a blast. Do you have any stories or any thoughts on, you know, girls, you show up that, you know, you think might be one way, and yet they wind up just being totally different?
1: You know, when I think about, when I was thinking even about talking with you, Cole, and sort of, what are some good examples of just picturing girls in the zone and in this environment? Mm -hmm. Trying to think if I have a real transformation like that. But I think what I really picture are these girls who are just the joy of getting out there. Like somebody, I've had kids, there's a girl I can think of who is just, kept telling me she was so scared of the water, mm-hmm. you know, she's at camp, there's this lake, but she wasn't sure she was ever going to go in it. I don't, you know, I don't know about that. And by the end she's water skiing and loving it. And like, I have this <laughs> vision in my head of her walking up the hill, soaking wet, you know, towel <laughs> half draped around her, which is the biggest grin on her face. She got <laughs> up on one ski and it was like, just made her summer. Um, That's awesome. <sighs> amazing. And I hear, and I love it when parents come back to me And we'll say, you know, I, she did so many things. I never would have guessed that she would have tried. Mm -hmm. And, and it's one, sometimes it's a concern of parents. They say, well, the girls get to choose their activities. How do you make sure they go outside their comfort zone? They don't Mm -hmm. just choose the same things that they're going to do at home. And, you know, I talk with them about how we will help the girls and encourage them. But I also let them know that just naturally the girls are making these choices because they're in that environment. They, whether their friends are telling them how fun water skiing is, or they have a counselor who they really love, who teaches it, or they just see it and say, Hey, I want to try that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it happens all the time that they sort of step into a new area. There's also the other thing, sorry, the other thing that I really love to see are the girls who are maybe um, a little more shy or a little more reserved, usually at Mm -hmm. home, at school, that kind of thing. And they get to camp and they just come out of their shell, you know, and they're up cheering or they're up on stage and doing things that it, it's always the parents who are just baffled. Like I never <laughs> would have thought that she would have got up and done that or you know, been up she's so like look at her. She's cheering and she's running around and she knows everybody and she has all these friends, like of just not that they don't have friends, but you know, they're this mm-hmm. reserved child who at mm-hmm. camp suddenly just blossoms in a totally different way. And it's always, it's wonderful seeing kids find themselves in that way.
0: Oh, I mean, I've got chills going right now because that to me is just one of the best things about camp is that it allows our kids a chance to be who they want to be. Um, and yeah. just going to that slightly different environment, you know, it's, it's a different world for just a little while. And you know, it's just for a little while and you got people from all over the place that, okay, well you can step out of, you know, maybe a a self-set role or whatever someone expects of you, you know, that you've been around for a long time because, you know, I I know our our boys kind of feel the same way. Absolutely. How how do you see girls change over time? Because I imagine you see them young to, you know, kind of pre adolescence into adolescence and then into becoming young women. How do you see the changes go?
1: It's interesting because we really are, for many of these girls, a part of their many formative years, you know, Mm -hmm. as they, like you say, start as youngsters and kind of go through puberty and, Mm -hmm. and adolescence. Um, I find this is obviously a stereotype. Not every kid fits into it, but in general, it's kind of a, it's almost circular. You know, they start out younger and they kind of just live life, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like younger kids, they're not so worried about things. They just have fun. They are who they are. They kind of go for it. At camp, I think that continues, to an extent, but as they head into those preteen, early teenage years, they can become a little more surly sometimes, <laughs> a little more skeptical, perhaps. Yeah, they're teenagers, right? So right. maybe they push those and challenge us in ways, but then when they hit that, like, real teenage, like 15, 16, their final years at camp, it circles back around, and it's so interesting, because They hit the moment of like, Oh, I can't believe I wasted time thinking that I was too cool (laughs) for this activity. And if only I should have known, because now I'm not going to get to keep coming back to camp anymore. And you know, it's so interesting because they're so young to do that, but they start realizing that camp is about to be over for them, and as a camper at Mm -hmm, least, mm -hmm. and and they sort of try to jump back into being that eight-year-old again and doing everything that they possibly can <laughs> and loving everything that they possibly can the way they did when they were little.
0: Oh, that is just, it. it is so amazing to me. I, I see the same cycle where, you know, you mm-hmm. have girls that are just sweet and will hug you and just are the, just so wonderful to be around. And then they want to have anything to do with you. And then all of a sudden they come yeah. back and like well, 15, 16 it's like, Oh my gosh, we love camp. We can't wait to be here. It's like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is absolutely amazing. Sorry,
1: I'm hoping it prepares us so for um, having kids at that stage, like as parents, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that they'll come
0: out of it. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that, that was going to be my question. Like, what do you, what should parents know based on, you know, you get to see the kids in very distinct windows. You know, you get to yeah. see them when they get off the bus for a certain amount of time in the summer. You'll have some interaction during the year, but, you know, you get to see these very distinct windows uh, throughout their lifetime. What, what would you tell parents who you know, we're back home, we see it all the time, you know, as girls change, what would be your suggestions to parents?
1: Um, I think hang in there. <laughs> that's one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's speaking yep. to myself too as a yep. parent, yeah. right? but, <laughs> but you're right. I think that we do get to see them, you know, on any given day, anyone can be in any sort of a mood, but they, they do change over the years. And there is some, similarity to 12 and 13 year olds kind of across the board (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i have i do i get the parents all the time they're like oh hey ginger she is that teenager now and it's Mm -hmm. like yes but give it a couple years hang in there keep loving her give her the hugs even if she doesn't think she wants them because she does you know like and and allow them to form those friendships and develop those relationships with role models outside of parents because i think that is one of the really awesome things about camp is the fact that kids do get these other role models outside of their teachers and coaches and parents who are all great people. Mm-hmm. But it's still different when it's like these college age kind of cool counselors, you know, mm-hmm. who are not yeah. really a parent. They're kind of a big sister and and they can develop a trust and in a, like look up to them in a way mm-hmm. that that we just can't. We can't be that person for them as parents. We're always going to be their parent and that has its own unique and special role, but we need to allow kids to also have these other role models who will help guide them through life. And I think that, I think they need that. And I Mm. think it's really, really good for them to have it.
0: Yeah. I think that that's such a missing piece in society. I mean, when you think back, you know, a couple hundred years, we were all raised in groups that were intergenerational, you know, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, older cousins, older brothers. Um, and having that connection, you always have to look to the parents to say, all right, you're going to lead me, you know, and to have that kind of subset, that big sister, that smile, look, you knucklehead, you know, I love you, but you're being a knucklehead just like I was when, you know, I was your age, you know, come along. I think, I think kids just so need that. That middle ground, if you will, that that middle management or middle leadership, you know, of those slightly older peers, that makes such a big difference, especially when they're so interested in them.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's amazing. Even the the teenagers who are too cool, but they'll still subtly, you'll notice their hairstyles changing a little bit or whatever, mm-hmm. because they do look up so much to these kind of older, yeah, role models, or you know, they're beyond peers, but they're closer to being peers than the older adults in their life
0: are. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right. So, so slightly changing direction just a little bit. So I've known Steve basically as long as I've known you, and this is a guy, yeah. your, your husband, Steve, who has grown up literally on the water. I mean, he is a guy's guy. You know, he can fix yeah. water ski boats. He can surf on anything. Yep. How has being a camp director for young ladies and working with a female staff, how has that changed him and kind of opened up his eyes? Um, you can definitely you know he
1: can speak to it better than I can but he speaks about it all the time and it has has definitely opened up his eyes and he loves it he loves working with the girls it's funny he spent a few years working at a boys camp too Mm -hmm. over our camp career Mm -hmm. and um, it's not that he didn't like it he did but there's something about Seeing girls push themselves Mm -hmm. and teaching the girls and seeing the huge smiles on their faces when they got up on water skis, which was kind of his first, you know, for it in camping. um, That just gave him so much enjoyment. I think he definitely has learned, you know, style wise. Like I even can see the difference in like how he is with our boys. That's as a dad, but it's also with boys versus Mm -hmm. how working with girls he's learned not to be scared of tears Mm -hmm. um and that includes with the staff like when he was a waterfront (laughs) counselor, and our counselors would be crying about stuff and at first he was kind of like what is this but (laughs) but he's learned and he does a really good job at it you know he's really good at talking to people and sometimes I think it's good because he's not as not that he's not as empathetic, but maybe he won't sit and listen as long as some mm-hmm. of us. And he's just like, okay, now what's the solution? You know, like he then <laughs> wants to move on. And sometimes that's good for people. Sure. Have different styles. Yep. But yeah, he has definitely, I think, learned not to be scared of the tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and just to, yeah, to see everything that girls can do. He had a really, he grew up with a sister. His mom is a really strong, involved, you know, um, awesome woman too. So he had really good female role models in his life in that way, but I Mm -hmm. still think it's different. Yeah. Really living and working with them all the time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny. I I have to tell you a quick story. My first camp situation, I guess my first real summer camp situation um, was running a girls camp with, with my wife, Kate. Um, And I remember being up on stage one of the, the last nights of camp and literally every girl in the room was crying. And and I looked over Kay said, why are they all crying? She said, because they're happy. I said, but they're crying. Why are they doing this? You know? (laughs) I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) Yep. Oh my gosh.
1: Good though is that you do ask those questions and it's funny because Steve even last summer one of our long-term staff members was tearing, uh, crying about something because she was so excited. But he really looked at her and he said, I'm not trying to be rude. He's like, but can you explain to me why are you crying? Like, are you sad? Are you? She's like, it's just so much powerful emotion. He was like, okay. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so when, when people tell me that there are no differences between men and women, it's like, y'all, you, come to camp. You, trust me, right. it's different. <laughs> um, well, unfortunately, most people can't come to camp and, and they don't get a chance to have the the experience and the insight that, that you and Steve and, and we get to enjoy. What are some of the resources, you know, you feel like have been helpful for you and Steve, you know, that would be helpful for parents back home that, that want to deepen their knowledge and, and understanding of, of what girls are going through and, and as they change and how they grow? Well,
1: I think that there's so much, I mean, there's so, so much out there that it actually can be hard on to wade through Mm -hmm. all the various Mm -hmm. books and articles and, you know, magazines and things. I think there's a couple books that are great for everyone to read. Um, My guess is you've read them or at least familiar with them. Odd Girl Out by Mm -hmm. Rachel Simmons and then then Queen Bees and Wannabes are both books that really, they focus a lot on the social dynamics and some of the, um, how girls can be mean to each other in a way Mm -hmm. that can be so hidden and under the radar. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in tune and aware of it, I think it's really easy to miss. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important for everyone to recognize how damaging it really can be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those books can be really helpful in just to understand that when your daughter comes home and is upset about things that people are saying to her or about her at school or how her friend has stopped speaking to her, you know, to recognize this is a real thing, and this really is upsetting, and unfortunately, it really is a big part of how girls, their relational bullying is how, you, you know, they don't punch each other. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. stop speaking. Yeah. <laughs> so I think those pieces are really critical. Um, I recently saw a wonderful, a great TED talk. It was It's called To Raise Brave Girls and Courage adventure and it's by a woman named caroline paul and it's Mm. really cool it's about she talks about how like on a playground this is based on research that's been done Mm -hmm. you know on a playground parents will encourage their kid their boys to go down the fire pole and maybe even give them instruction on what to do but with the girls they say, oh, be careful, or they hold them and they help them, or they say, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And just the difference in how we tend to raise boys and girls and how we can shift that and encourage the girls to try the fire to try the fire pole because they're just as capable if not more girls actually develop faster than boys do Mm -hmm. you know so at a young age girls are more mature (laughs) so in many ways we should be encouraging them maybe even more or at least the same equally to how we're encouraging boys to do these things Mm -hmm. and how that's going to help them grow up gaining that confidence as opposed to being fearful of of putting themselves out there so it's not a long TED talk it's maybe 10 minutes I know she has some books as well but Mm -hmm. I think that is a really helpful
0: one, especially as a parent. Oh, that Um, is awesome. That would be great to see. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I think some parents feel like, well, if I push her this way, then she'll become more masculine. It's like, no, she'll become more competent. She'll always, you know, she'll be as feminine as she wants to be. Um, but she'll become more competent and more confident to be able to do other things. I think that's just so hugely important. We've seen girls, you know, at our camp, we teach the oldest ones how to change a tire on the car you know, or how to, Mm -hmm. you know, push a lawnmower, how to do some life skill stuff that are quote unquote masculine to some people. But I mean, the the empowerment that they get is like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like, of course I can do this. And then they go off and they do other things they don't think they could do.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. It gives them that skill. You're right. To then try other things and Mm -hmm. push themselves in other ways, which, right. They may or may not become an auto mechanic. But at least they won't be stranded on the side of the road either. <laughs> right, exactly. <Yeah. laughs>
0: yep. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Well, I I know unfortunately all all campfires have to come to an end. But before we go, could Thank you me. tell the listeners, you know, kind of more about where they can find you and a little bit about Kippewa?
1: Yeah, of course. So um Kippewa.com is our is our website. We are a girls' camp in Maine. And I mean, I think I've alluded to a lot of it in this conversation. We have mm-hmm. We're all girls and we're all about empowerment and independence and having girls come and just do a whole wide variety of activities. We're a traditional camp. We're three and a half week long sessions mm-hmm. uh, but we really just enjoy creating this girl's world and helping girls be them best selves in our environment. And Maine is pretty awesome, too. So anyone who gets to spend the summer in Maine is just lucky, Yeah,
0: Yeah, well, as as a person who has parents who live uh, just outside of Portland, Maine, I can can vouch it is an amazing place. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, Ginger, thank you so much for being around the campfire. Uh, Please give your kids my best and Steve as well.
1: I will. Thanks. And you, too. Give Kate a hug for me. I will. All right. Thanks, Paul.
0: I was so happy to hear Ginger say that girls really blossom at camp and and I couldn't agree more even recently we had a great conversation with a couple of our oldest girls girls who are now 16 that I've known all the time since they were eight and I've seen them go through that cycle of just so excited about everything and then have those those challenging teen years which are really just so incredibly important for their own development and then now come on the other side where they look back and say oh my gosh I needed that, but it's also I I wish I had done it differently because I'm just so excited about camp. It's so wonderful to see this whole experience and this whole cycle for all of the girls. The idea that girls really get to blossom at camp, though, comes from a situation where we focus on what they're great at individually and what they're interested in, but also within a context of a community that really cares for everybody. And I think that's one of the greatest things about camp and something that we can learn how to bring back to our homes and our classrooms and our teams and and any situation where you're working with groups uh, of young women. So I think we could all take some of Kippawa's approach and Ginger and Steve's approach to working with girls, and, and I hope you'll do that. So thanks for listening to this Campfire Conversation. If you enjoyed it, I hope you'll leave a review on iTunes or whichever podcast platform that you're listening on. And please, tell a friend. We'd love to have more people enjoy the wisdom of camp people, Uh, and our campfire circle is certainly big enough for everybody to enjoy. Until we speak again, I hope you have a grateful week. Thanks again to our friends at SCOPE for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. SCOPE stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at ScopeUSA.org and on social media at Support scope.